Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. One of the things that uh, we want to do because of the importance of, of this event and because it affects the lives of all of New Yorkers, especially Western New York, I emphasize that because I am from Western New York. We want to open with prayer. Lord, we thank you for allowing us to assemble, for allowing us to gather for a very important cause. We ask, O oh Lord, that you touch our government officials, our governor, to help in healing the people who are the most disadvantaged to help bring peace to families that have been suffering because of the lack of proficient health care. We ask that you touch right now and move on the hearts of those who are decision makers, those who legislate. Help us as the recipients of legislation that we may be able to live a life, one of health, where disparities will not affect us. One where health care and hospitals and safety net hospitals can administer the proper care to us and our loved ones and to our children and children's children. We ask that you move on the hearts of those, Lord, who stand in those decision-making places to give them the wherewithal that we matter, that the brown and Latino and black communities and poor communities matter, that you allow the legislation to pass where health care and Medicaid is fully funded. Lord, you tell us to ask for what we want. And Lord, we're here touching and agreeing that the hearts of those who stand above us will make the right decisions to govern in a way in which we can have a peaceful and healthy life where health disparities are not the word of the day, but will love abide, and we can live in peace. Lord, we ask these blessings in the name of our Lord and our Savior, Jesus the Christ. Amen. Amen. Now we're turning to the hands of Peter de Jesus. So before we get started, I, I do want to say, you know, it, it is, it's always heartwarming. Uh, the, the, this, this is what I love about Western New York. When we have a call to action, we answer that call like no other. 
So let's start off by giving yourself a round of applause for being here today. Uh, before I get started, I do want to take a minute. Uh, again, as the Reverend said, my name is Peter DeJesus Jr. I am the political coordinator for 1199 SEIU, but today in my capacity as president of the Western New York Area Labor Federation, uh, I stand here in solidarity uh, on this important issue. Uh, I want to identify our, our, our colleagues, our community allies, our siblings in labor. Uh, so we'll start uh, with labor. Uh, I want to recognize uh, CSEA, who is here with us, uh, CWA, who is here with us, PEF is here with us, uh, NISNA is here with us. Uh, I want to give a big shout out for the audio setup, our, our brothers and sisters from IATSE Local 10, uh, the pros behind the shows, I call them. Um, I want to give a, a recognition to our, our employer allies as well, Kaleida Health, the Catholic Health System, ECMC, uh, you know, our uh, elected officials who join us today, too, on this very important issue. Uh, we have uh, the representative uh, from the Majority Leader's Office, Leo Halton-Pope, who is also uh, the Buffalo Common Council Majority Leader. Uh, we have City Council members uh, Perry and... Um, I'm looking right at you, and I can't see. That's, 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 that's okay, Brian Archie. We got you. Uh, we have Senators uh, Sean Ryan. We have Assemblymember Bill Conrad. My, um, I almost called you Monica Wallace, Karen. See how we, it's one of those mornings, Karen. Uh, Karen McMahon. We have Assemblymember Angela Mornella joining us. We also have State Senator uh, Pat Gallivan, who is here, and of course, uh, the one who needs no introduction, uh, our State Senator Tim Kennedy. So. I think this goes to show uh, the severity of this issue and the broad coalition that we continue to build uh, to address this issue. So folks, today I stand before you to advocate for Medicaid equity, not merely as a matter of policy, but as a moral imperative and a cornerstone of freedom in our society. Healthcare is a fundamental right, and yet millions of our fellow citizens are denied access to essential medical services due to financial barriers. This is not just a matter of economics. It's a matter of justice. Every person, regardless of their socioeconomic status, deserves the right to receive quality health care when they need it the most. That starts with fully funding our health care institutions. Our nursing homes and hospitals for years have been forced to operate closer and closer to the brink an unattainable financial situation that has weakened the safety net here in Western New York and across the state. Medicaid equity is not only about ensuring access to health care. It's, <clears throat> it's about ensuring equality of opportunity. When individuals are burdened in, by untreated illnesses or medical debt, their ability to pursue education, employment, and overall well-being is severely hindered. By providing equitable access to Medicaid, we empower individuals to live healthier, more productive lives, contributing to the betterment of our communities and society as a whole. Furthermore, Medicaid equity is a matter of freedom. True freedom cannot exist when individuals are shackled by the chains of illness or financial insecurity. By guaranteeing equitable access to health care for all, we liberate individuals from the fear of bankruptcy, 
due to medical expenses, allowing them to pursue their dreams and aspirations without fear of falling into poverty. In a nation founded on the principles of equality and liberty, it is our duty to ensure that every person has the opportunity to live a healthy and fulfilling life. That is the promise that is not being kept today. The trauma of what is uh, the trauma of going without care is real. The trauma of working in an understaffed and under-resourced facility is real. For our patients, for our healthcare heroes, we are standing here to say with one voice, it is long past time to do what is right and fill the gap. By championing Medicaid equity, we uphold these fundamental values and we are moving one step closer to realizing the promise of a more just and equitable society. Thank you. So why, why are we here? Before I turn it over uh, to the next speaker. We're here because unfortunately we have a governor who has proposed a budget that does not work for us does not take care of our communities, does not give our healthcare institutions the finances, uh, the finances that they need to operate, to provide the services that are required from those members that need it the most. It's, it's, you know, it, it's by design that we are here in Buffalo, in her backyard, with a broad coalition of community, faith, labor, employer, employee, to let her know as the Reverend says, we are going to speak to existence what it is we need. What we need now is Medicaid equity. So to lay out what our plan is going forward and, and the, the details of the legislation that we are proposing to, to fully fund our uh, not only hospitals but nursing home institutions, uh, I'd like to call up Grace Bogdanov, 1199 SEIU Vice President for the Nursing Home Division. Good morning, everybody. Uh, like Peter said, my name is Grace Bogdanov, and I have the honor and the responsibility of representing several thousand healthcare workers in Western New York as the Vice President of 1199's Nursing Home Division. You know, I can't help but look around this room and think to myself, how is it that we're here yet again? Haven't we made it clear before that healthcare across the state is in crisis? Haven't we had this conversation over and over again? Look at this room. You see unions, healthcare workers, hospital and nursing home leaders, community members and organizations, faith leaders, and bipartisan support from those elected to represent us in Albany. We're here together demanding Medicaid equity. But despite our repeated cries for help, the reality is that the healthcare systems in place are at their most vulnerable. Year after year, the crisis has worsened, and now they are teetering on the edge of complete and utter failure. Yet at the beginning of the year, when Governor Kathy Hochul released her proposed budget, we saw proposals that actually serve to exacerbate the very crisis that we are in. Nursing home Medicaid funding across the state only covers 76% of the cost of providing care, leaving a $1.6 billion gap due to inadequate Medicaid reimbursement rates. Here in Western New York, the crisis is at catastrophic levels, with nine out of 10 nursing homes falling well below the statewide average reimbursement rate. We know what this means. 
Across the state and here in Governor Hochul's own backyard, nursing homes are closing units and taking beds offline from those in need. Recently and forecasted to increase, we're seeing facilities close entirely. Without adequate funding, nursing homes cannot provide workers with the equipment and supplies necessary to provide care for their residents. Without adequate funding, nursing homes cannot offer wage and benefit packages that recruit and retain workers to provide the quality and continuous care that our residents deserve. Instead, those workers that do remain dedicated to their residents face tremendous mental and physical strain day after day. And Governor Hochul's proposed budget will continue to fail these workers and the residents that they care for. Her proposed $50 billion reserve and inattention to healthcare funding will come at the expense of the most vulnerable among us and those who care for them. We cannot stand for this injustice. We are calling on Governor Hochul to do the right thing, to do the morally just thing, to act in the interest of the most vulnerable members of our communities. And the nursing home industry, for them, it means committing to increase Medicaid reimbursement rates by $44 per resident per day across the state as a necessary bridge to rebasing. Next year, the governor must fund and rebase Medicaid reimbursement rates on a two-year cycle to correct significant regional disparities and to provide adequate funding that covers the cost of providing care. Lastly, the governor must continue to fund and improve the application process for the Vital Access Provider Assurance Program and other necessary funds for struggling nursing homes. The future of healthcare truly depends on it. Thank you, and I will turn it over to Corey Gambini, who's an RN and president of CWA Local 1168. Good morning, everybody. Um, my name is Corey Gambini, and I proudly serve as president for CWA Local 1168, where we represent thousands of dedicated healthcare workers in Western New York and Central New York. As an RN, I hate to say this, for almost 37 years this June, I stand alongside our fellow brothers and sisters today to fight for our patients, for our hospitals, and for our community. Though I serve as president of a, a wonderful labor unit, CWA, I also remained at the bedside. So I still work in the hospital, so I'm talking to you as a labor leader, but also as a registered nurse at the bedside. Hospitals across the state are in financial ruin. Here in Western New York, our hospitals are in crisis. In Niagara County, Mount St. Mary's Hospital is grappling with cuts to services and Eastern Niagara Hospital abruptly closed, exasperating the staffing crisis at Niagara Falls Memorial, which is now the only full-service hospital serving Niagara County's 200,000 residents. This is no coincidence. This is because New York State does not provide adequate funding or reimbursement to New York hospitals. Medicaid reimbursement rates cut cover just 70% of the cost of providing care, forcing hospitals to cut costs and jeopardizing patient care and services. This is directly related to the statewide crisis of rampant understaffing at hospitals, forcing our healthcare workers to care for too many patients at once 
driving them to a point of exhaustion, and threatening the quality of care for patients. People are also leaving the profession, and our pipeline is nowhere prepared to fill our positions. It's also directly related to the health disparities faced by low-income and communities of color that rely on Medicaid, and we see that over and over again. Healthcare workers cannot make life or death decisions based on reimbursement rights. The solution is clear, and it's also urgent. New York State must fully fund Medicaid in our hospitals now. We call on New York State to invest $6.8 billion over the next four years to close the Medicaid coverage gap and fully fund our hospitals. Doing so will stabilize our healthcare system and prevent further deterioration of our vital medical infrastructure, ensuring that our patients receive the quality care that they deserve. It's time that New York State lives up to its promise. It's time we have a budget that prioritizes the health and well-being of our communities. We as healthcare workers deserve better. Our patients deserve better, and our communities deserve better. I urge our state leaders to act swiftly and decisively to ensure that our hospitals receive the funding they need to provide the highest quality of care to all that need it. Together, we can ensure a healthier, safer future for all Western New Yorkers. Thank you for your time. Thank you, Corey. Uh, coming up next, uh, we're going to have uh, Don Hirsch from the McGuire Group. Hello. Thank you all for coming out today. Like you said, I'm Dawn Hirsch. I'm the marketing director for 18 skilled nursing and rehab facilities in New York State, including 15 facilities for the McGuire Group, Absolute Care, Investor Care portfolios in upstate New York. I stand here today on behalf of our 2,500 residents and nearly 4,000 caregivers. After more than a decade of outdated rates, apathy, and underfunding, we now find our industry, our state, and our future in crisis. This country was built on the tenacity of the individuals who reside in our nursing facilities. They've earned the right to be cared for under a well-run healthcare system, but New York State is letting them down. In today's hypersensitive cost market, numbers matter. More than 70% of all resident nursing home days are paid for by Medicaid. Over the last 16 years, funding has remained largely flat, while costs have risen 40%. This has created a Medicaid funding gap of more than $800 million. 78% of all upstate nursing homes currently operate at losses losing an average of $46 per person per day, or $2.1 million per facility annually. In the last three years alone, 10 nursing homes have closed their doors. Today, there are 5,600 fewer nursing home beds in operation than there were in 2019. Likewise, 20% or 400,000 frontline caregivers have left the long-term care industry since 2019. And 75% of nursing homes struggle to meet minimum staffing requirements. Nursing homes across the region are, effect, are affected by this domino effect firsthand. 
And this impacts more than just the elderly. With disparity in reimbursement, we struggle to find sufficient staffing to meet minimum staffing requirements, causing beds to come offline. This bedlocks hospitals, causing delays in admission for people of all ages who need acute care. Addressing the Medicaid funding gap is the first step in sustainable reform and preventing deeper financial hardships in the future. We believe 1199's proposal, which embraces an equitable per diem amount for each Medicaid day, fairly addresses the current shortfalls in reimbursement and creates cornerstones for appropriate funding moving forward. We can no longer ignore the imminent. The system has been broken for nearly two decades. Change can wait no longer. God willing, we will all grow old, and statistically, many of us will need long-term care. It's time for New York State to give this crisis the attention it deserves and the level of consideration that the governor herself and the rest of us would want if we were the ones in the nursing home. Our principals would welcome the opportunity for an open conversation with the governor and the legislative body to work together to close the gap, stop the crisis, and create a healthier future for all New Yorkers. Thank you. Thank you, Don. So do we believe that we can do better, as New York said? Let's say a little louder. Do we think that we can do better? Yes. Absolutely. Uh, before we turn to our next speaker, I do want to acknowledge some of the other organizations that have joined us. Our siblings at UUP have joined us. Thank you for coming out. Also, uh, our, our allies from the National Action Network are here with us as well. So the coalition continues to grow. Uh, we welcome our majority leader, Crystal People-Stokes, uh, for joining us. As always, ma'am, always a pleasure to have you. Uh, so continuing uh, on our list of speakers, we're going to call up Chris Koning, President and CEO of the Schofield Residence. Morning, everybody. Um, thank you for allowing me the time to speak on this very important topic. Um, I've got a microphone in front of me, but I promise to stick to my script here because this is a soapbox I can talk for hours on, and it's very important, which is why we're all in this room. I do want to thank all of our political leaders here in this room because we really need your help past just these conversations today. So we need you to help us change this and the support of everybody in this room to make sure everybody knows that. My name is Christopher Koenig. I'm the president and CEO of Schofield Care Group and also the president of Lineage Care Group, which represents other large nonprofits in the West New York area, including the Niagara Lutheran Health System and the Weinberg Campus. As a nonprofit executive, I represent many local board members who volunteer their time to make sure we provide the highest quality of care that we can to those in our communities. There are thousands of staff members who deserve better wages, and we need the ability to recruit new professionals into the workforce to help them to serve those in our community. We need Albany to understand that this is not a nursing home problem, this is a human problem. We are a safety net for the elderly in our community who require a high level of care that is not able to be reproduced anywhere else. The money that we require to survive is needed by the residents and patients we serve, and those in our community working tirelessly to take care of the most vulnerable around us. You've heard a lot of the statistics, they're big. The state is underfunding nursing homes by $1.6 million. The average shortfall in Western New York is $100 per day per resident. Imagine running a business where you're expected to do it at a loss every single day. The costs increase, our expenses across the board increase. Unlike other businesses, we're not in control of what we charge or what we get paid. The state has to do it. 
and they haven't matched the cost of living increases in over 15 years. Our facilities need improvements, and we need the ability to provide new innovations to enrich the lives of the residents in our community. We can't do that when we are battling to stay open day after day. Our seniors deserve better, our staff deserves better, and the community deserves better. Thank you. Thank you, Chris, and apologies for butchering your last name there. Uh, it happens. I do want to recognize another organization that has joined us, Western New York Assisted Living. Thank you for being here with us today. Um, we're going to continue down the list of speakers. I am going to bring up the Senior Vice President of Catholic Health, CJ. I'm probably going to get this last name wrong, too. Erlab. Was that close, CJ? It was close. I was close. I was close. Sorry. Right. You actually did better than I thought. See? <laughs> Well, good morning, everyone. It's a pleasure to be here, uh, especially when you consider looking around the room that we're here together to deal with an issue that impacts all of Western New York and all of us. So uh, thank you for all, all of you for being here. I'm CJ Erla. I'm the Senior Vice President at Catholic Health. And I've served as President and CEO of Mercy Hospital of Buffalo and most recently president of Mount St. Mary's in Lewiston and, and our new Lockport Memorial Hospital. And I've worked with, and I've had the privilege to work with both CWA and 1199 uh, for many years. And, and again, I appreciate being here. Catholic Health cares for patients in four hospitals on six campuses. We also provide care in people's homes, in four skilled nursing facilities, as well as in 70 outpatient specialty service and neighborhood clinics throughout our region. No matter where we care for these patients, the fact is we're paid less, a lot less, to care for people on Medicaid. In our hospitals, New York State pays us 30% less than the cost of care for Medicaid, for Medicaid patients. In our nursing home, the gap is $150 per day for, per Medicaid patient. Now, you're going to have to check those numbers because I've heard different numbers here today. I suspect it's the number of Medicaid patients that we're serving in our, in our homes. Last year, the state's budget included a historic Medicaid increase, 7.5% increase for inpatients, 6.5% for outpatients, and 6.5% for our nursing homes yielding, get ready, $8.6 million to Catholic Health. That is only 80, that's only 8% of the $107 million that Catholic Health lost in 2022 on our Medicaid uh, book of business and our Medicaid patients. So really what we're facing, what we're dealing with is a broken model. It's putting the care of patients, and often, and you've heard today, all of the speakers have spoken to this, these are our most vulnerable patients. It's putting their risk at risk, their access to care, and this is quite literally unsustainable. It's leading to backups in our hospitals, long waits in our emergency departments, and a long time to be able to see specialists, often resulting in uh, many times the nursing home beds are not available, and we're just all completely backed up into our hospitals, and these patients need these services. Guess what? 
New York State is the only state without a system in place to adjust Medicaid rates relative to inflation. So when New York State sets their rates, it stays there unless possibly they go down. Imagine trying to run your household bringing in 20, 2007 wages. Think about that. With all the inflation, hospitals are being paid based on 2007 costs. Businesses can't operate that. Yet all of our expenses, all of your expenses, all of our uh, associates' expenses have been going up. New Yorkers, regardless of their ability to pay or the type of insurance they have, need and deserve high-quality care. There, this is absolutely an issue of healthcare equity and an injustice that must be corrected, and that's why we're all here today. New York State must raise the rate to cover the cost of care and to commit to rebasing on a regular interval. The health of Western New York and our community deserves this. Thank you very much for listening. So I don't know about you all, but what I'm hearing is that for the greatest state and one of the greatest countries in the world, has a moral obligation to take care of its people, point blank. This is not about dollars and cents. This is about doing what's right, taking care of those who need the care, but also those who provide the care as well. So we can and we will do better. Uh, our next speaker uh, is no stranger. Uh, we are happy to collaborate with, uh, again, our employer partners. Uh, he is the president of Kaleida uh, Health Oshai Children's Hospital. Uh, and his name is Dr. Steven Turkovich. I, I got that last name right. You did. Got that one right. Awesome. Good morning, everybody. Um, as as, as uh, you all know, I'm Dr. Steve Turkovich, the president of Oshai. Uh, I want to say thank you to all of you who have come together. And as I look out here, I see colleagues that, uh, from Oshai, I see community members, I see politicians and community leaders. And I think Chris said it best in that. Healthcare is a human issue. When you think about it, we all, every single person, has their first interaction with healthcare when we take our first breath. I'm looking at Janine right now from the NICU, right? We take from the from our first breath. And likely we continue to have interactions with that, hopefully not very much throughout our life, but also likely when we take our last breath. So healthcare is a universal issue that every single person is going to interact with from the very first second of their life. As a father, a pediatrician, and the president of Oshai Children's Hospital, it is a privilege and an honor to serve the kids and families of Western New York who need us most. Unfortunately, the medical social, mental health, and economic challenges facing families of our community have never been greater, and they continue to grow. In the eight counties of Western New York, one in five children live in poverty. That represents 61,000 children who are our neighbors, friends, and family members whose health and well-being is directly impacted by the effects of poverty. In Western New York, over 16,000 children have a disability, 
almost all of whom rely on the support and services funded by Medicaid. As the only children's safety net hospital in Western New York, our team of dedicated healthcare workers care for over 15,000 patients admitted to our building every single year. In addition, we annually provide care to over 47,000 visits in our emergency room, almost 100,000 visits in our primary care and specialty clinics, and almost 10,000 visits to our pediatric mental and behavioral health centers. Think about that impact of lives that we touch every single day and every single year. Unfortunately, the healthcare industry continues to face financial headwinds following the COVID-19 pandemic. In the past, New York State has recognized the financial hardships across the healthcare sector. They understand we need help, including the Medicaid increases in last year's state budget. We are very appreciative of the state's support, but much more needs to be done to address the ever-changing healthcare needs of the children and families of our community. At Oshai Children's Hospital, 60 to 70% of the patients who receive care in our hospital get health insurance through Medicaid. That's 60 to 70%. The vast majority of people who walk through the hospital walls receive Medicaid. When you look at our pediatric and our women's health centers, that's over 90%. Although New York State has one of the lowest rates of uninsured children, which is great, Medicaid, as we've heard, only funds 70 cents for every dollar spent on the care of patients who have Medicaid. And as we all know, we're here because this is just not sustainable. We need a robust and a sustained funding plan to ensure that we can collectively and effectively address the social determinants of health in the children and families of our community. When over when only 70 cents of every dollar spent is reimbursed for over 70% of our patients, it's nearly impossible to invest in the resources needed to support our children and ultimately help them grow and thrive to reach their full potential. As we've heard, Medicaid reimbursement rates have not kept pace with inflation and have remained largely flat since 2008. With an average annual inflation rate of 2.5%, expenses are almost 40% higher now than they were in 2008. The increase in Medicaid rates of 6 to 7% last year filled only a very small portion of this gap. Again, simply put, this is unsustainable and woefully inadequate. When are we going to stop underinvesting in children and family health and well-being? We need support to hire more social workers, therapists, mental health specialists, community health workers, and care coordinators to address and eliminate the socioeconomic and racial disparities that were amplified during the pandemic. We need support to ensure that we have enough nurses and MAs to care for the sickest and the most vulnerable children who are admitted to the hospital and seek care in our ambulatory care centers. We must ensure that our critical child and family health care system is strong, sustainable, and ready to serve our community when the next RSV surge or new COVID variant hits 
for our most vulnerable who have been the hardest hit. The Western New York legislative delegation continues to advocate and, and, and advocate for additional funding for distressed hospitals, particularly those in our region. And we thank them for their commitment and their support. We all know that investing in children's health and well-being builds stronger communities. These investments keep kids in school, strengthen and grow our workforce, which grows our community, creates healthier adults, provides a path out of poverty, and simply, it's the right thing to do. In closing, we thank you and we stand ready to partner to protect investments in healthcare access for kids and families of Western New York. There should be no debate. Our children, our families, and our community deserve the highest quality health care, fully staffed with a team to provide holistic and comprehensive care. Thank you. Thank you, Dr. Turkovich. So we have heard from our faith community, we've heard from labor leaders, we've heard from our employer partners. Now we're gonna hear from uh, those who provide the care, those who are in our institutions day in and day out, those who have answered the call uh, when society needed them the most, those who do what they do on a day-to-day -day basis because they love to provide care. This is their calling. Our first uh, worker speaker is gonna be Renee Vernon, who is an LPN from Garden Gate. Good morning, and thank you. My name is Renee Vernon, and I'm currently a licensed practical nurse at Garden Gate Healthcare Facility. I started my career at Garden Gate 28 years ago when I worked as a certified nursing assistant. From there, um, I furthered my education and became a licensed practical nurse. I was drawn to the nursing field after caring for my elderly grandmother. It was then I realized I not only enjoyed caring for others, but for the elderly. The best part of my job is, was, the time I got to spend with my residents. Unfortunately, due to the lack of supplies, broken equipment, and short staffing, I am now unable to give them the quality time they deserve. Healthcare has changed in general and has become more like a factory line job where we're just moving from task to task throughout the day. I don't have the time I once did to sit and visit play games with the residents, or read them even their mail. My residents deserve better. All of them deserve better. It's time to prioritize the health and safety of our residents. Governor Kathy Hochul, the time is now to fully fund Medicaid so we have the supplies and staff to provide the proper health care for our elderly generation. Thank you. Let's give it up for Renee again, because why it is easy for them to save lives day in and day out. It is not easy to get here up in front of you all. So thank you for that, uh, Renee. Um, we're going to hear from another worker, uh, one of our very own here at 1199, uh, who is a tireless advocate uh, when it comes to community services and ensuring that our school-based health clinics uh, continue to operate and are fully funded and providing the critical services uh, as an access point uh, for, for our communities. Uh, and that person is uh, Kim Utek. All 
was just asked to do this about 10 minutes ago, so before I came here, so here goes. I know I've called on many of you to help um, our underserved population. Um, I see the majority leader here, Senator Ryan, Senator Kennedy, and they've been our champions for our hospitals, our nursing homes, and our school-based health clinics where I work. I've been a registered nurse since 1987, and I've been a union leader for over 20 years. And I work in the most vulnerable um, zip codes. I work in 208, 210, um, 204, 215, 201, and I see the need. Um, I see the racial disparity, the ethnic disparities, and it is time for Governor Hochul to act. It's time for her to reimburse Medicaid 100%. Our patients deserve it. Our nurses deserve it. Our community deserves it. The time is now. Um, so I call on Governor Hochul to fully fund Medicaid, hospitals and clinics. 70% of reimbursement Medicaid is not enough. It hurts our most vulnerable patients and our most vulnerable neighborhoods, um, our medically underserved neighborhoods. I work in school-based health clinics where 12 per, across the state, 12% don't of our children don't even have insurance. 50% um, are Latino, 25% are African American across the state. In, in Buffalo, the rate of African American is much higher. Um, the time is really now. We see the disparity. You know, we're a safety net program. Our hospitals are safety net, but we, we can't do it without the total reimbursement. We see the disparity in dental care, preventative care, immunizations, reproductive, mental health, as somebody else mentioned, has exploded. Um, I walked into work two days ago, two, two minutes into um, a 14-year-old that overdosed. Like, these kids need the care. They are pushed. I had a kid yesterday who's tooth baby tooth was broken and the new gum was, it looked like a baby being born and a new tooth and he can't get a, a, a dental appointment because he, he has Medicaid and, and a lot of dentists don't take it. So the time is now. You know, we need to level the playing field for our children and Governor Hochul needs to do it. We can't wait any longer. So thank you. Thank you, Kim. Let, let what she said sink in for a little bit. We talk in terms a lot about the elderly and the disadvantaged in our community, but we don't recognize is the severity to which our youth are dealing with. I just looked at Dr. Turkovich when she mentioned the 14-year-old. It's the age of my son. It's the age of one of my youngest kids. And in today's society, we, we don't know what these kids are going through, and yet we are not willing I'm not going to say that we're not able, but we're not at this moment, we're not willing to provide them the care that they need. We've got to do better. We've got to do better. Thank you again, Kim, for that. Now uh, we're going to continue to move on. Uh, we are going to hear now from our elected leaders. Uh, as was mentioned earlier, our Western New York delegation, we're a little spoiled here in Western New York. We have a delegation that is in tune uh, with what is happening here. Uh, they are willing partners. 
uh, many times on, on the issues of importance, uh, not only to us as labor, uh, but as employers, as community advocates as well. They are well known uh, and seen everywhere. Uh, so I'd like to bring up our first uh, speaker is New York State Senator Patrick Gallivan. Thanks, Peter. Good morning, everybody. I, I've been sitting here, and, and I've, I've thought of these things before, but I, I listen to the, the different speakers, and of course, there's a common thread, and I'm trying to, you know, try to sort out what I'm going to say and, and try to sum it up, because you've been sitting there very patiently for a long, long time, and <laughs> Senator Kennedy's next. <laughs> My friend, we work very well together, and I'm glad that Peter and others acknowledge the fact that the Western New York delegation does come together to stand up and advocate for things in Western New York. Um, doesn't matter majority, minority, Democrat, Republican. Um, I, I'm very, very fortunate to be part of this group and, and the different people that have served in these elected offices since I've been elected to the Senate. It, it really is an incredible honor. And I, I, I'll tell you, and I think my colleagues can tell you, this is not the case across the rest of the state. I mean, quite often, in other parts of the state, our cities along the thruway, down in, the, down in New York City, you don't see people who are sitting on different sides, literally different sides of an aisle, talking to each other. Sometimes, when we're talking to each other, we've got others from other parts of the state saying, what are you going over there for? Why are you talking to them? Well, why? Because I'm supposed to because they're supposed to. I mean, our job is to be yours uh, and others throughout our Western New York committee, community, the voice in Albany, whether it's in the Senate or whether it's in the, assembly, in the assembly, and represent your interests, our common interests, not personal interests. But as I sit here thinking, Two things really come to mind, I mean, about the topic that we're talking about today, that we're all in agreement with. The first, and Peter, Peter said it first, is moral imperative. <laughs> we don't need to say any more. I mean, the speakers have very eloquently talked about it and defined it and talked about what it is and what it means to us and, and the people that live in our community, the people with and the people without. And the fact that we are leaving people behind and it is just not right. The other thing that comes to mind, and you can apply it anywhere in your life, when we're done and some people might go to lunch, where do you get a dollar's worth of food for 70 cents? You go to the grocery store, where do you get a dollar's worth of groceries for 70 cents? The people that are coming to your house to fix your, your flooded basement or your drain or your furnace, whatever it is, you're sure not paying them 70 cents on, any do on the dollar. So how on earth can our government, which we are all a part of, right? I mean, it is the people of the state of New York. We are representatives. Um, I'm very proud of what I do. I'm very, very proud to continue to go to Albany and, and try to work to better my community and to be the voice. But I sure don't feel good that I happen to be part of a government that is not doing what it's supposed to be doing. Um, but... Our role is to work to change that, to come together and change it. Not alone, but being a voice. And, and the fact that we have, it's been repeated, 
We've got management and labor, Democrats and Republicans, haves and haves nots, um, people with hair, people without hair, people with glasses, people without glasses. I, I mean, and, and so on. You get the idea coming together here today to continue to repeat what we do repeatedly in Western New York, I think, demonstrates that we, we really are at that breaking point. And I just don't know. I, I've had, I have meetings with representatives of various groups here today, the hospitals, nursing homes, labor. Uh, in my role in the health committee, I talk to people uh, that focus on health throughout the state, and it's the same theme time and again and time and again. And you wonder, I mean, it's all going to crash and burn. It's starting to. You see it in the workplace. You've heard some of the things today. But we've got people in nursing homes, I'm sorry, people in hospitals that shouldn't be there because they can't get into nursing homes because there's not enough of them because doors have been closed because we can't find enough people to work the people working there you heard from some of them are in, to hear it's amazing that people still show up to work you go into any of the hospitals and you look at the emergency rooms and there's lines out the door how is it okay that somebody is waiting 12 hours a day or 12 hours to get in I mean, how is it okay that people want to get into a nursing home and can't, and so on, and so on, and so on. So I certainly get it. I'm glad everybody here gets it. It is not okay, and we shouldn't rest until we make it okay. Um, in the role that I have, I mean, in, in my role in the Health Committee and in the Senate, I'll continue to work towards that end. I certainly know that my colleagues will you have to as well. And you know, it was, I think Peter might have mentioned that it was by design that it's in Governor Hochul's backyard. You also got to get your brothers and sisters and colleagues and others in Rochester and Syracuse and Albany and New York City and out on Long Island to do this too and cause enough discomfort for the people that can vote on this and for the governor, uh, cause enough discomfort so change finally happens. I, I really am honored. To, to serve in the role that I do. Um, it is great to see so many people here today. I know we've had uh, relationships over the years and, and I really am honored to stand with all, in, all of you on things that matter. And obviously the thing that matters most today is Medicaid reimbursement, Medicaid equity, and let's work together to get it done. Thank you. Thank you, Senator Gallivan, and I just want the record to reflect that as a member of the follically challenged uh, group, uh, no, good. Um, but thank you for, for, for highlighting that. I think it's important to, to, re to realize and recognize that, as you stated, this is, not, this is not a Democratic issue. This is not a Republican issue. This is not an employer issue. This is not an employee issue. This is a we the people of not only New York State, but of this country issue. Uh, and that is the reality of it. Uh, we have work to do. Yes, we are launching this here in Buffalo. This is the start of our Buffalo campaign. And after our last speaker, we will outline what is next. Uh, but we are going to be calling on not only our colleagues across the state, uh, but we're going to be calling on you as well to reach out to your loved ones, your significant others, your family, your friends, your neighbors. Everybody got that neighbor that we don't want to talk to. I'm going to need you to talk to them today. <laughs> right? This is too important of an issue. Uh, we are going to have to move. Uh, not only our elected officials, but our governor to action, period. 
uh, because this issue is, is, is far too important. Uh, it, it is literally an issue of life and death. If our hospitals and our healthcare nursing home institutions uh, cannot financially survive, it's not going to be a, a, a matter of what service they provide. There will be no services to provide because there will be no institution there. That is the reality. It is the reality in our cities, in our urban areas, and it is even more so the reality in our rural areas to where you might have one institution in that area that is providing the services. And if they financially can't do it, where are you going to go? Where are you going to go? So we got work to do, folks. Our last speaker, the closer, as I like to call him, uh, needs no introduction. He is someone who is readily available to us constantly, uh, whether you are on the labor side, whether you are on the employer side, the community side. Uh, he is a friend to all. He is our state senator, uh, New York State Senator Tim Kennedy. Uh, thank you very much, Peter D. Jesus. Can we give him another round of applause for his advocacy, uh, not just on this important issue, but on behalf of working men and women every single day? We appreciate your leadership, Peter. Um, and to SEIU, 1199, uh, thank you for hosting us here today. Purple Power is in the house, and to all of our brothers and sisters from organized labor, they've been mentioned already. Um, thank you. Thank you for being here. Uh, to my colleagues in government, uh, my colleague in the Senate, Senator Sean Ryan, uh, future dean of the delegation, along with Majority Leader Crystal People-Stokes, um, Assemblymember Conrad, Assemblymember McMahon, Assemblymember Morinello, you heard from Senator Gallivan. Um, you know, we're talking about this being a bipartisan issue. Um, I mentioned labor. There's a lot of management in the House today, too. Um, and then not just labor and management, but you know what? It's not every day you see Kaleida and Catholic Health jumping in the same room together, is it? <laughs> right? There's a lot of differences in this room coming together for a shared moment because we know that it's the right time to do the right thing. It's always the right time to do the right thing. And that right time is right now. Uh, it is absolutely imperative that New York State funds Medicaid to the level that is necessary for you folks in this room and the thousands of healthcare practitioners that you represent to do their job, to care for us, to care for our community, to care for our families, our neighbors, our parents, our grandparents, our children. Think about that. That's what this is all about. You know, Kim talked about the, the human impact. Everybody, one way or the other, talked about the human impact here today. But you know, Dr. Turkovich talking about the 14-year-old that couldn't get an appointment because the Medicaid rates weren't to the level that they need. But how many times is that replicated in another way? One of our parents can't get a bed at a nursing home, a hospital that has to move somebody out quicker than they need because they don't have the funding to pay for the services that that individual needs. That is not right. 
And so what we need to do is we need to rectify that wrong and that injustice and immediately put forward the funding that's necessary so that the healthcare heroes in our community can do their job effectively for the people that we love. That is what needs to happen. And while we're making sure that the Medicaid rate is to the level that it needs to be in our community, you know what else we need to do? We need to rebase that Medicaid rate to make sure that there is no divide between upstate and downstate. We need to level the playing field across New York State. And so I'm excited about being here in the room with all of you because there's a level of energy in this room. There's always a level of energy in this room here at 1199 SEIU. But there's a level of energy in this room that's unlike other days because we know we share a common goal and a common vision to help our community and to really create a moment in time in early February as we're marching through the next several weeks of the budget process to really fix this problem once and for all here in New York State. And, um, you know, I can speak not just as someone that's working with my colleagues to put this budget together, but as a healthcare practitioner. Uh, many of you know that before I served in government, I worked as an occupational therapist. So I've seen firsthand the impact of Medicaid funding on the patients that I served. I've seen the impact of the disparities in funding in our community versus other communities and how that impacts an individual's ability to get that service. And so in this moment, I am so grateful to each and every one of you for standing together, for putting all of our differences aside, whatever that may be, to come together and to speak truth to power and to finally rectify this in perpetuity for the future and future generations that'll come behind us. Thank you so much for making me a part of this today. Let's get this done. All right, so before we, we close and we give the next steps, let, let's build a little bit on that energy. I'm gonna say a couple statements and I'd like you to respond, uh, yes we can. Can we fully fund Medicaid? Can we fully fund Medicaid to ensure that our hospitals have the resources required to do, the do, uh, to do what they need to do? Can we fully fund Medicaid to ensure that our nursing homes and healthcare institutions have the resources necessary to provide the services they need to provide? So if we can, we will continue to stand together and it will be so. Because when the people come together, there is no stopping us. That is the reality. So moving forward, what we are going to see is a number of things. Each one of you have received a packet that is on your chair. I hope everyone signed in. There is a, 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 a lot of information that we will be disseminating to you all to share within your networks. Uh, you have this document in front of you. Uh, we are asking everyone to share this widely to make the call yourself. Again, we are messaging this to our governor. Okay, we are asking you, family, friends, loved ones, again, go talk to that neighbor you might not talk to in a couple years, but uh, 
We need everyone making these calls. You are going to see a number of community forums that are happening, uh, not only here in Western New York, but across the state. Starting uh, February 21st at 3 p.m., we are doing our first community forum at the Mayor Weather Library. Uh, we are inviting everyone to that. Um, you are going to see a number of speakouts uh, that are going to be happening, uh, which are going to be joint ventures between the employer, the employees, the community, our faith-based community. Uh, we are rolling out a full court press. So please make sure you signed up or that you signed in so that we can get that information to you. Again, we are looking for partners in this. So if you, your organization, is willing to stand up and to be heard, to put the work in necessary to ensure that when that budget is signed, we've crossed that finish line and that the will of the people has been heard and what is necessary has been done. We got work to do, folks. This is not going to be easy. We understand how difficult you know, negotiating a, a budget uh, the size of New York State is. But nonetheless, uh, we have necessities, requirements, uh, not only for us as, you know, healthcare providers or as employers, uh, but the people to which we serve, uh, the voices that don't have a microphone in front of them. We have a duty and obligation to, to represent them and to fight for them. Uh, for our family, for our friends, uh, for those who have passed on, and for those who, you know, will come behind us. Uh, we've, we've got to get this done. This is far too important. So I hope that as we continue to move forward in this process and continue to build, uh, you know, this, this collaborative effort, not only here in Erie County, but in, in Niagara County, in Chautauqua, Cattaraugus, Allegheny, in Rochester, in Syracuse, in Albany, uh, in New York City, in Long Island, in every borough, in every city, in this great state of New York, uh, let's continue to push this and let's get this over the finish line. So I thank you all for coming out and joining us. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only twenty-five dollars a month. New iPhone 15s? It's over here. Only at T-Mobile, get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for twenty-five bucks per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Oh, oh, oh. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, oh, oh.